Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey. Oh, what a week. (laughs) Here, I feel like I've been starting with here's the deal a lot, but here's the deal. I did not take notes on Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. I am going to talk, I watched it. I'm going to talk about it, but not as a full recap. Um, I don't really have time to be watching two shows and taking notes on them, which sucks, but it's just what it is. I am really fucking busy. I hate a person that talks about how busy they are all the time. I think because I'm naturally the opposite of a busy person and that I like to be as least busy as possible. Like I... I've talked about this before. I'm a bed person. Like my ideal Saturday is never leaving my house, but not just never leave my house, like truly not leaving my bed, just lying all day without a single thing to think of in the world. So a person that's always like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. It's just not me. You know, like that's not my natural state of being to be busy. Unfortunately, I've become a busy person. It's not great. Like, I I don't know quite how I got here, but I'm here and it's hard. Uh, If you are a newish listener to Feathers in My Hair, which I'm sure you're not, I can't imagine there are very many people finding a podcast about the show A Teen Mother in 2021. But if you are, I work a job. I was going to say I work a full-time job, but it's almost not even true anymore. I work four days a week at my office at my legal job. I'm a lawyer. Just kidding. <laughs> I work in the legal field, but absolutely not a lawyer. So I work four days a week there. Then one day a week, I go in person to my internship um, because I'm a graduate school student. I'm getting my master's in social work. So I take three classes. Well, that's not really true. I take two classes right now. I say... Uh, two because it's kind of three but for all intents and purposes I take two classes plus my internship I do 14 hours a week my internship so yeah I only go into that internship once a week but I still have to do 14 hours which means that I do like six to eight hours of my internship remotely after work on weekends etc which wouldn't be a huge deal if I also didn't do two podcasts (laughs) And I do those usually on the weekends. Um, So there's just a lot going on. And, you know, I was on vacation last week. So I was like already kind of tired. I'm switching medicine. Well, Butrin doesn't work for me anymore. I'm trying Shortera. And I think it's working. I've only been on it for, I'm in like my third week. You have to like up doses slowly. It's this whole thing. But Shortera is making me like deadly tired, deadly, which I read online is a common symptom and you can take Shortera at nighttime. So I did that last night and today was the first time in like two weeks I didn't feel like I was going to die in the middle of the day from being so tired. So that's good. Hopefully that's a solution to that. But like I, you know, I was on vacation last week, so I didn't get any rest (laughs) because for me, rest means I need to take a full day not leaving my bed. Like I need one day a weekend where I don't have to be anywhere. Like I am an introvert. Like I need to be able to recharge in complete solitude. I don't, I don't like having things to do all the time. It really is exhausting to me. 
Um, I think part of it is my ADHD. Like, I just think that part of having ADD for me is that it's really tiring to do things because I think that my brain has to work really hard when I'm doing things. That sounds so fucking stupid, but I, I really do. And so, like, I need, like, complete alone in silence but not really silence like a youtube video or tiktok or asmr or something but something that i'm like not totally focusing on and i can just like totally turn my brain off i think that people with add which i know now is called adhd you know i don't know if it like bothers people that i say add i understand add is not a diagnosis anymore but i also got diagnosed for the first time in 1996 1997 sometime around there so ADD is like what I personally identify as and it's hard for me to switch to ADHD although technically I think my psychiatrist said I'm ADHD hyphen PI which I think means primarily inattentive which is what ADD is right like I'm inattentive um yeah, so I first got diagnosed in 96 or 97, but I've been re-diagnosed like five times in the process since then. When I recently, most recently got re-diagnosed, um, we were going through like this checklist and he goes, we can actually stop now. <laughs> he said, you qualify. <laughs> He's like, you have to hit a certain score and you've already surpassed it by a lot. So we didn't need to do a full, I mean, to get, primarily diagnosed with ADD is like a big deal I think I don't know what it's like for adults but when I was a child I went for three half days of testing in which like so I did like four or five hours of testing three days in a row like it was a lot um so I'm guessing like the since then like the other assessments that I've done are based on the fact that like I've already been diagnosed um but yeah so we like didn't even go through the whole thing he was like yeah you have ADD it's like I know (laughs) oh do I do I know? <laughs> does it cripple my life? It does. It does. Um, I don't know how I got here. Oh, I just think that like it makes socializing really hard for me because um, I really have to like exert a lot of energy to paying attention and that's hard. So yeah, I have all this shit going on. I'm exhausted and because I didn't get any like relaxing time last week, and I relax. Like I was sat on the beach. Like we didn't do a lot, but rela- by relaxing time, I mean like complete solitude time. Um, I was like, I normally wouldn't do that two weekends in a row. And like, I'm not going to, I have Sunday to relax, but tomorrow, which is Saturday, I'm recording this Friday night, which I usually record these on Saturday, um, which is another reason I didn't have time to take notes because I was up this morning at 6am taking notes for OG and I didn't have time to do them for Team Mommy Are Pregnant tonight uh, because tomorrow I have to do two events for my internship. So I have a 12 hour day tomorrow for my internship, which kind of makes me want to die in some ways. <laughs> in other ways, it's good. Like, I'm look, they're both really cool things that I'm doing. I'm really looking forward to them. I'm not talking a whole bunch about my internship in general, just for privacy's sake. Um, I talked about this more. If you want to become a patron, it's the beginning of the month. You should go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Become a patron. This, I did an episode on Charlie D'Amelio's Hulu show last week. This upcoming week, I'm going to do a Plath episode. I haven't talked about Plathville since the first, the season premiere when I did the Feathers of My Hair episode. I think that was the season premiere, right? Wasn't it? It was early in the season. 
Um, I have things I need to talk about with Olivia and Ethan. Guys, all I want in this world is for Ethan and Olivia to get a divorce. I want Olivia to have good sex. That's all I want for my girl. I want her to move to New York City and have sex. Oh, God, I want that for her so bad. Anyway, um, you should come to Patreon, patreon.com slash explains. I do in one episode not that long ago talk about my internship a little more on there. But yeah, I, I'm just keeping it vague for, I think, obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm an internet person now. People say weird shit to me and I just would prefer not to have that on here. Um, but they're cool events. I'm excited. It's good because I didn't do a ton of hours last week because I was on vacation and I have to like average out 14 hours a week, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really looking forward to those events, but it's just going to be a long week and I didn't have time to take notes on two shows because like it's different. Like I don't like I watched the second team on Young and Pregnant episode like while I was doing shit. You know what I mean? Like it, to sit down and dedicate 48 minutes or however long these episodes are to taking notes is a big commitment, but I can watch Team Mom Young and Pregnant while I'm like getting all of my shit together. So that that that's why I'm explaining this right now. By the way, an earring fell out of my ear today. I'm like really distressed about it. <laughs> they were expensive. They were my second hole, so I had to get like real gold. I'm not pleased about it. I'm really not pleased about it. Earrings are just a little scam. You guys know I didn't have my ears pierced for like a very, very long time. And I have quite a few holes in my ear. And I want to do another one or more. But the issue is I sleep on my side. And it turns out getting anything pierced except for like your first or second hole, you can't sleep on that side of your head. So it's a battle. Hmm, my ADD today is out of control. What if I like fancied myself a singer and I just got on this podcast and I started singing all of the time? Because I do listen to podcasts where the hosts do that, but usually they can sing. But it would be a real, it would be really something if I started to do that. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I don't think anything really happened in Team Mom World this week. Like, as far as news, it's been a little slow. I will say, I'm confused as to, like, what's going on with Team Mom Young and Pregnant when it comes to Madison and Kayla J. Where did Madison go? (laughs) I didn't watch all of last week's Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I watched, like, three quarters of it. Do they explain where Madison went? Like, suddenly Madison is gone and we're with Kayla J. Now, I will say... That was a great addition. I'm going to talk about Team Mom Young and Pregnant first, I think. I'll just talk about it right now. I am really, I was really impressed with them, her and her boyfriend. What is his name? Michaela? It's not Michaela. It's, hold please. It would help if I knew Kayla J's boyfriend's name. Okay. Her boyfriend's name is Mikkel. They are young, like 21, 22-ish. They have a two-year-old daughter named Mecca, and Mikkel is a uh, trans man. He seems nice. Like, I, I'm intrigued by this storyline. So Kayla J and Mikkel met when they were working together. Um, they started dating. Mikkel at some point transitions. And they decide at 18 to get engaged and that they're going to have a baby. So they go to a sperm bank <laughs> which is wild, right? Like any teen planning a pregnancy is wild. 
there seems some there feels something especially wild about like actively going out and like getting sperm to do it um but I don't know is that that different than like Chelsea let's be real planning a pregnancy with Adam like I I don't know if I feel like if it feels different because of some weird heteronormative biases I have in my head you know where I'm like well, if you have to go to a sperm bank to get pregnant or you have to do some sort of fertility treatments to get pregnant, then you should follow like a list of qualifications that I, based on heteronormative life values, have established. Like, is that weirder than it is for a lot of these girls who, whoops, but really on purpose got pregnant? I don't know. It feels weirder, but I'm not sure if that's totally fair, uh, it like it might be. I'm just, I'll have to to think on that. You know what I mean? Like I'll have to let that permeate. But there's definitely something out of the ordinary of hearing of an 18-year-old going to a sperm bank in order to get pregnant. I So they were dating for quite a while. They have this baby. I'm curious. I don't think they said, but I am curious if Mikel is uh, the legal parent on the birth certificate. I don't know if he had already transitioned when they had the baby. So I don't know if like, I don't know what it looks like on, I think some states have like parent one and parent two now, and some have like mother and father. And so I like, I don't really know what theirs would look like, but I do wonder if Mikkel is the second parent on that birth certificate, because as far as I know, they were not married and I'm not sure in Maryland, I could do one Google, I'm sure, and figure this out. Just one single Google. <laughs> because in some states, unfortunately, as far as I know, um, for like a gay couple to have the second parent recognized as that child's parent, they have to be legally married because there's no biological connection, which I... <sighs> I guess, I guess make, I I mean, I don't know. I don't really think it makes sense. I think that we should let people do what they want to do. And if that person wants to accept the role as parent, I don't see why like requiring them to be married would make it different. I don't know. I'm sure somebody has like a reason, like has an argument for why that would be necessary. I'm just not sure. Like I can't think of a real justifiable reason. So as to the legal parentage status, I'm not sure. I I would imagine some of you at home are listening. You're like, well, why the fuck does that matter? Like, who cares? But I personally think that it matters a lot. Um, I said the same thing with Danae. I'm saying the same thing with um, uh, Tiaza. I think that especially as a young person, attaching yourself to a child in which you have no legal rights is a really risky move to do, um, not just for the child, but for yourself. You know, I have talked about this. I used to watch this YouTube couple named Chrissy and Damo, who are lesbians, and mm, they were in a relationship with one another, but I actually think that one of them is identifies as bi now. I think Dom identifies as bi now. I haven't checked in on her in quite a while, but last time I did, she had gone, she was seeing a man, I believe. Um, do you guys know Chrissy and Damo? They're a mess. <laughs> if you want to like read 1800 pages of a lipstick alley thread on a 
YouTube couple that has real no real relevance to anywhere in the world except the very small ecosystem in which they exist. I recommend the Lipstick Alley um, Christine Damo thread. <laughs> I would imagine I actually haven't checked in in a long time. I would imagine it's still up. They haven't been together in like a couple years now, so I don't know if they've split off into their own threads. But I should check in on them tonight. But um, it, Dominique had the baby. That was legally Damo's baby. They were never married. Chrissy never adopted the baby, but Chrissy was the baby's primary caregiver. And then when they broke up, um, Dominique took little baby Dominic, who they called Wick, away from Chrissy. And it was heartbreaking, to say the least. It was fucked up. That baby was almost two years old. She had been raising that baby every day of his life for two years. And then she no longer got to be that little baby's mommy. And it was it's devastating to watch. I mean, it's kind of similar in a lot of ways to like Isaac and Javi, who, you know, in some ways it's different because Isaac does have a father named Joe and he did spend a lot of time with Joe. So it's not like he was with Javi every single day of his life. But it's sad when a somebody like connects with a child that they have no legal rights to and then that child is taken out of their life, essentially. So I am interested in that aspect. But on one hand, Mikhail's a real fuckboy. Um, poor Kayla J is still so fucking in love with him. So love with him. And I will say, like, their scenes together triggered me a little bit because they're so, like, they're so early 20s, like, desperate girl, just, like, in love with this guy, in love with their boyfriend who, like, truly does not want to be with them anymore but like still wants to fuck occasionally and like you're still around and so Mikhail's giving her like well you know I just want to date other people and like I think that we like can't be in a good relationship until we find ourselves and Kayla Jay's like but I I do know myself and I want to be with you like I don't need to look for anyone else I love you and then Mikhail Mikhail will be like Mikhail Mikkel will be like baby don't worry about it like if it basically being like if you release a butterfly and it comes back to you that's how you know they love you like that type of shit it's a it's sad and it's hard to watch I hope that um Kayla J gets a new boyfriend to be honest like unless Mikkel is willing to come back and be with her I hope she gets a new boyfriend now Kale lives in Maryland I did not hear if they said or see if they said Baltimore specifically but she lives in Maryland. She lives two hours away, which means, and oh, he's from Philly. So she lives two hours from Philly, which means she lives in the greater Baltimore area, I'm assuming. Um, so you, it, this is a real Liz Bentley connection. If you don't know, I'm from the Philadelphia suburbs and I went to college for two years in the Baltimore suburbs. So like I am a two hour Philly to Maryland connection. <laughs> I guess Mikhail moved back to Philly. I don't really know. Did they say how old he was? They must have said how old he was. I guess he was living in Baltimore when they got together. I'm a little unsure of their history, but Mikhail has a really unsupportive family. Um, you know, really the only person who's been supportive of them is Kayla's mom. They do mention that his family is like kind of coming around, but it's been really hard for them. So we get this heart-wrenching scene this heart-wrenching scene of Mikhail going to his mom's house and it's real it's tough so Mikhail's mom has 
Well, first, Mikhail tells a story about how he had said to his mom once, like, I have a friend who's gay who wants to come out to his mom. And his mom just, like, bursts into tears because I'm assuming his mom kind of realized, like, he was talking about himself. And she apologized for naming him Mikkel. I don't know if that's a male name. And so she was saying, like, I shouldn't have named my daughter a male name because that's the issue. It's a little confused by that story, but it's been a long time that they've been having trouble. His mom has never really been quite open to his sexuality. But he goes to see her and they have this like heart-wrenching conversation about his transitioning and his life and her not accepting him. And I... I don't quite know where I land at the end of this conversation because I don't know if she's being manipulative like his mom. I don't know if his mom is being manipulative because he comes in and they're kind of like talking about Instagram like they're talking about his life and she's like well I feel really confused because I look at your Instagram posts and everyone is calling you he and saying he and I'm like Mikel is like totally presenting as a man like not as a like a stud like he does not look like a butch lesbian like he looks like a man thoroughly wow is that some gendered binary language (laughs) but it's it's true it's like he he looks like I think he was growing facial hair like I it definitely seems like he's on testosterone he has a low voice like he very much looks like a man to me so it's not just like he's presenting as a non-traditional feminine person you know what I mean like he looks like a man he is a man and he looks like one so I'm like what then she starts talking about his baby and how he needs to do right for his baby and I'm like okay so she accepts there's a baby and that he is the parent of this baby he she accepts that he's gay even though as far as we know he's not gay because he sleeps with women but Sorry, I want to be like very clear that I'm I it's hard to talk about this and use the language that I want to use, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But they're kind of like fighting back and forth. And his mom is just sobbing and saying, like, I just, you know, I accepted your sexuality, accepted your sexuality. I don't know what you're going through. I kind of get the impression they don't really talk, but like for two people that don't really talk, they were willing to have quite a deep conversation on camera. She's sobbing. He's kind of just like, either accept me or you don't, because if you don't, like, I'm out of here. I I don't have time in my life for people that won't accept me. My friends love me and accept me. And if my family can't, my family can't. He was incredibly mature, I thought, during this conversation. He really kept his cool. Um, I, the mom kind of ends the conversation being like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm trying to accept you. There are some tough moments in which he says, like, I'm transitioning. And she says, transitioning from what? And he says, you know, female to male. And she says, you can't do that. That's not a real thing, which is awful, uh, awful thing to say. Uh, I, uh, She does seem to end it being like, I want to support you. Um, But like, I don't know how helpful it is for someone to say, 
I want to support you and I'm giving up everything that I like I'm going against everything that I believe to support you. It's like, okay, so now I feel like shit. Like th- thanks. Uh it seems like his mom is religious and she is basically implying like I'm going against the church and the rest of our family to support you, which I'm not sure is a helpful thing to say to somebody. You know, like that's not his fault. So like, I'm not sure that needs to be included in this conversation necessarily, but it, it was really hard to watch. I did like that MTV specifically showed one of their, like, if you need more information ads, but this was specifically on black LGBTQ issues. I was like, that's great. Glad to see that. I just thought they were an interesting couple. Like, I'll be curious to see relationship wise what ends up happening with them, because I think that we're getting like a a rosier picture than things probably are. But I really I just I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought the moment with him and his mom, the conversation was honest. That's what it felt. It felt honest, tough. But let's be real, like it's tough to be trans for a lot of people and to have to talk to their parents. And I think especially for a lot of trans people who had uh, previously lived as gay people, because I think for them, their parents are like, okay, well, I mean, I accepted the gay thing. Like that was hard, but like I accepted it. What I won't accept is this. Uh, I think that can be really hard and I, I don't, I thought it was a good scene. Like, I hope that we continue to see stuff like that in their stories because it's compelling. And I think it's different than the stuff that we've seen so far. Um, so, I mean, bravo to MTV. If you understand why Madison has gone away and Kayla J has appeared, could you let me know? Because <laughs> that I'm a little confused about. Um, okay, I need to take a quick break right here and then we'll chat about the rest of the episode of TMYP. Okay, what else happened on this show? Um, It's nice to see Luke's family be so supportive of Kayla. When his mom said, if you bring me to a circus, I'm going to clown, I actually laughed out loud. That was quite funny. Um, The conversation of Luke adopting, what's his name, Isaiah? I don't think that's going to happen if they're not married. I'm not really sure that that's a possibility, especially if they're going to be like doing it via terminating Stefan's rights and not having Stefan just agree to it. So I like I want that to happen. I think that that would be good for Isaiah. I do. But I think that if they really want it to happen, then you get married and do it. I I don't see a court allowing that unless they're married. Annette, Stefan's mom, is wild. Let's have her on more. <laughs> um, Kaya and Tiaza just make me sad. This week's episode was really sad. It was about how Tiaza's family just like does not care for her or care about her. And also how Kaya's father passed away four years ago. And I guess they had a pretty... um. What sort I'm looking for? They had a strained relationship and Kaya before he died was kind of like, yeah, well, fuck him. If he wants to, you know, be my dad, he will be. And then he died. So she's projecting all of her shit on Tiaza and Tiaza's like, I am at a point in my life where I have to say that I don't care about these people because it's like the only way I can keep on keeping on. 
and that upsets Tiaza. It's or excuse me, Kaya. It's just kind of messy. I think what they should do is get rid of Kaya and Tiaza and keep Kayla J. And I guess Madison. I don't know where did Madison go. That's the question. <laughs> That's the question on all of our minds. Um, Rachel seeing that guy Cody again. Rachel having all of these men around her daughter is upsetting them. There is a funny scene in which she declares to her sister that they're going to she's going to move out with Cody. And Mallory's like, with what money? And she's like, well, actually, Cody works at a sandwich shop and makes a ton of money. And Mallory's like, what? Like, there's no way he makes more than $12 an hour. Like, what do you mean you and Cody are going to move out and support yourselves on a sandwich shop salary? And Rachel's like, well, I'm going to get a job too there. And Mallory's like, and who's going to watch the baby? And she's like, well, Cody will. Like, we'll work different shifts. (laughs) Mallory's like, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) They get into a huge fight about the fact that, you know, Rachel always has to have a boyfriend, which I think is very true. And then they talk about how Mallory just has her hose on the side. Mallory just likes to get dick and then leave, which to that I say, good for you. Truly good for you. Um, And yeah, it's what happened with Cody? Did they get into a physical fight? Remember when she fought someone? Was that a girl? Who was that? God, Team Mom Young and Pregnant was on 18 years ago. I can't remember anything that happened. Um, Speaking of people moving out, Bree's going to be moving out. She went back to her therapist. I liked her therapist. She seemed nice. She just can't get along with her mom. The Bree... The Brie and Jessica fight is very real. Like, that's some real shit where you just, like, are so fucking rude to your mom for no reason. And she's so fucking rude to you for no reason. And you're, like, having these fights and you feel like shit about it. And it's like, I don't understand why we're having these fights. Like, I don't want to have these fights. And I think that they both genuinely feel right in their stances but also don't like the fact that they're fighting and I do think moving out will be the best bet for both of them um I liked when Jessica like Jessica makes a lot of little snipes but then also Bree's a huge bitch to her so (laughs) those two those two need to not live together I think it will be interesting to see Bree you know Bree gets upset because she says like well I'm a single mom and I want credit for it but then my mom will be like well you're not really a single mom like you get a lot of help and I think that that's not right for Jessica to say. I think that that's not constructive for Jessica to say, but I would imagine that Jessica was like on her own with two little kids. I think Brie and her sister Vanessa, three, they have a brother I always forget about, but I think Jessica was on her own with like a group of little kids and didn't have her mom living with her to essentially be a second parent. So I think Jessica's like, you have no fucking idea what it's like to be a single mom. Like, you're out of your mind. You've never been a single mom, not for one day of your life, which is true in a way, right? Like, I think that it's true in a way in that, like, she does have a person who lives with her who acts very much like a second parent to Brayson. And I think that when she moves out and she gets older and she matures, she will realize that and she'll appreciate it and she'll understand that it was very different than what Jessica went through raising her kids. However, I do think that Jessica needs to give Brie more credit because I think that 
like there's a lot more to being a single parent than just like not having a second person there to help. While that's obviously a huge aspect to it, I think like not having a partner and like not even just a partner, but like not having another parent in this child's life at all, like not even someone she's co-parenting with. It's just her like emotionally is very difficult. And I think that there is a lot to be said about that. And there's a lot to be said about like raising a child knowing they only have one parent, raising a child knowing that like you don't get to share in the joy of raising them with another parent. Yes, she does with her mom, but it's different. And I do think that Jessica would be, it'd be good for Jessica to have some more compassion around that. I think the two of them will really do a lot better not living together. I also don't really, I feel like Jessica doesn't do well when she pulls Vanessa into their fights. The three of them, like, doing their little fighty fights with each other just seems really unhealthy, honestly. But I'm glad Brie went back to her therapist. And I think, like, what Brie was saying was really some real shit when she was like, you know, my mom says that I'm mean and then, like, gets makes all these passive aggressive comments and gets in my face. And so then I am mean and I don't like feeling this way. And I think she just feels really trapped in a cycle. Okay. Who else is on this show? We talked about Kayla. We talked about Kayla J. We talked about Brie. We talked about Kaya. We talked about Rachel. I think that's everybody that's on Team Mom Young and Pregnant, right? I do enjoy watching Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I do. I think Kaya and Tiaza are really the only couple that I don't like to watch necessarily on this show and there's just something in their energy that is so hard for me to watch I honestly think it's Kaya (laughs) I would like to vote Kaya off the island and just watch Tiaza and Tiffany and we can pretend that Tiaza is Tiffany's daughter and Amor's biological mother I think that would be a much better storyline. There's something very unlikable about Kaya. I think it's because she screams so much. And then the minute anybody like says anything to her, she starts hysterically crying and is the victim. God, that would really get under my nerves in real life. All right. Let's talk about Teen Mom Original Girls. (laughs) OG. I still wonder why they did that rebranding when they came back. I guess it helps. Remember, you used to have to be like, no, not Teen Mom, like the first, not Teen Mom 2, like the first Teen Mom. (laughs) I wonder why when Teen Mom 2 came out, they didn't just brand Teen Mom as Teen Mom 1. I feel like that would have been really easy, right? Like that would have been really easy. Okay. Speaking of brats who I feel like scream a lot and then cry as soon as (laughs) you turn on them. There's Cheyenne, who is unbearable this season yeah what the fuck has happened with Cheyenne what's happened I I don't understand like she wasn't the most likable person ever but like I liked her enough and watching her and her dysfunctional ass family who I also thought I liked just be crazy monsters I don't know I don't get what's going on but it's little Ryder's birthday party they have a cute little birthday party none of the kids are in masks which look am I wrong in us believe in us being told that if Ryder get this is not funny I don't mean to laugh here but if Ryder gets a single fever she could die because when she gets her when her temperature spikes she has seizures due to her extremely serious autoimmune disorder 
it's not an autoimmune disorder, but I'm thinking of her being immune compromised. But her genetic disorder, like, am I wrong in hearing Cheyenne say that multiple times? And that's why Corey was such a shit father for not being there for her in the hospital when she was sick. So why you're letting your unvaccinated child walk around and talk about the fact or not talk about the fact but not wear a mask I did notice there was one child in a mask there and that child kind of looked I think that's her friend that also has some medical issues I feel like I've seen her on Instagram by the way I saw an advertisement today in Target a cat and jack ad that I swear to god is Ryder it looks so much like her I was just minding my own business walking I literally stopped and stared at it I got on Instagram I went on that Ryder K Instagram (laughs) and I looked because I was like is that like has she posted about Ryder modeling for Target she hadn't but like Ryder does do Ryder's little Ryder's little entrepreneur if you will imagine making four-year-old child an entrepreneur that makes me want to throw my head against the window like how do you throw your head you can't but fully throw my whole body out the window but I do think if you've seen this can jack out in Target it's just a picture let me know if you think that's Ryder I really think it is it looks so much like her Ryder's a little cutie I'm so like she's turned four and she's gotten a lot better talking obviously like every four-year-old I love to listen to her talk. She's so freaking cute. I love when she like was talking to Corey about Corey was like, you have to like talk to me on the phone when I call from the challenge because she's so little and it's hard for her to talk on the phone, I'm assuming. And she's like, they were just having a conversation about it. It It's really cute. I will say my nephew is four and he's so smart. (laughs) Like I'm thinking back on the conversations I had with him this weekend and like he really gets a lot like we we really have like full-blown regular conversations he's really I mean my brother and my sister-in-law are both incredibly gifted so I'm assuming my nephew will be as well but I like didn't I don't think I noticed how smart he is until I was watching this knowing that Ryder was turning four and like Ryder is cute and she sounds smart and she sounds totally on target and I was like oh wow my nephew's really fucking smart although you know what's like funny with a kid that seems really smart or is really smart you kind of forget what they know and what they don't know and then conversations can actually be really annoying because you're talking to them like they should like they understand everything and then they like every other word they're like what what does that mean and you're like can you keep up I love my little nephew. He's so cute. We had such a nice time. I was kind of worried because I haven't seen him in like two years. And we talk on Skype and stuff. But, you know, like I'm kind of a stranger to him. But I will say my brother and sister-in-law do a really good job with like talking to him all of the time about his family because her family's out here as well on the East Coast. And it's appreciated. And I love him. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah, Ryder. Just she had our little Octonauts birthday. My niece is like Octonauts. I don't, they're a little like, there's a cute little one that's a carrot. I think they're like vegetables that are underwater. I don't know. There's a carrot one that's like a tuna, it's called tuna fish or something. 
I'm a little confused as to what it is to be on. To be fully honest, I'm a little confused as to what Octonauts are. Except that I know my niece likes my nieces like them, so one of them got one for her birthday in May. I watched some Blippy. That man is creepy. I don't trust that man. I don't trust that man, Blippy, who's made a billion dollars off of YouTube. He has like a hundred billion views. It's sick. It's sick. He's made so much money. My nephew loves Blippy. I like I I do get it like watching the videos the simplicity of just like somebody walking around and being like this is a kayak this is how you go kayaking but I don't like his outfit it's unnerving to me okay so yeah that was it for Ryder Corey's going on the challenge cry 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 I like truly don't care about Corey going on the challenge am I like am I supposed to be emotional about that because I don't feel emotional about that all right Let's go to Macy, who starts off the episode by going to get gas at a gas station, which I thought was really nice to see. Honestly, I was I was proud of her. That seemed like some real shit. She like her and Taylor went. She drove. She got out of the car. She like she did the whole thing. She looked like she was going to pass out. Like, yo, that fucking shooting was scary as shit. Every time we see that body cam footage again, I feel scared. Like, I can't even imagine what Macy went through. The fact that she it hasn't been that long and she's already really working on, you know, getting over some of that stuff and moving on and processing everything, I think is really great. But the central theme or focus of this week's episode for Macy is that Maverick is supposed to be going to kindergarten. Jade is going into first grade. Maverick's going to kindergarten. They're playing this weird thing called hot seat where they make someone sit in the hot seat and ask them questions. But like, it's like, are you excited to go to school, Mavi? Jade, do you want Maverick to go to school with you? I don't know. I thought it was a weird way to communicate whatever they're trying to communicate. But they're worried that the preschool teacher is basically going to say like, you need to hold back, Maverick. I saw some people post on Reddit. Like, I don't understand. Like, that teacher can't tell them to hold him back. But I don't think that's what was implied. I think what was implied was that they're worried that the teacher would say, like, he's really not ready to go to kindergarten, which I don't think would be that huge of a deal. Maverick's birthday is June 1st, I believe. Mm, May 31st. Yeah, because Jade's is May 29th and Maverick's is May 31st. And my birthday is May 30th. That's how I remember this, by the way. It's truly the only reason that I remember their birthdays are like this. But And Jade's comes first because they're not technically, technically Irish twins. They're a year and one day apart or two days apart. But I think that like his birthday's at the end of May. I don't think it would be that significant to hold him back if that's what they need. I think that especially when it comes to like kindergarten, to me, it always kind of seems worth it to default on the side of caution. Default. What I don't know what that phrase is, but like if you are genuinely worried about your child not being ready, it seems like it makes more sense to hold off on kindergarten than to have him go to kindergarten and then have to repeat it. That to me seems like it would make more sense, but also what do I know? But the teacher says he's fine, but some of the stuff they mention, I don't know. I wonder if they're like, if Maverick's having some sensory processing stuff going on because apparently he has issues like holding pens, like any instruments in his hand and writing and he's he doesn't have a speech impediment anymore, which is good. He's not stuttering anymore, but 
Their teacher seems to think it's fine that he goes. I did see some stuff online that like the teacher wasn't really a teacher, just their friend. But then I also read some stuff that like he goes to a daycare that her friend runs, which makes sense to me. I don't know. Little Mav. That's a cute little baby. Maverick is an insane name. (laughs) Naming your child Maverick is unwell. And you know what the worst part is? That Macy has (laughs) so much influence in her naming shit. Like, people are naming their kids Maverick now. I swear to God, Macy started that. Just like Bentley. Fucking Macy. But Maverick's going to be going to kindergarten. There is a moment that I thought was very fucking weird in which Macy's like, if they say Maverick can't go to kindergarten, like, I don't know who's going to tell him. Like, I'm not going to be the one to tell him. And it's like, what? Like, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. You're his mother. <laughs> like, that's your job. You're the one that has to tell Maverick that he's not going to kindergarten if that's the case. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, No Edwards in this episode, I guess. Edwards or Dunzo. Oh, right. I should have told you I actually didn't really watch last week's OG. I know there's some big thing with Cheyenne and her sister, and I had a bunch of people message me about it, but I didn't watch episode. I'm going to watch it eventually just, you know, because I've watched every episode of Teen Mom, but that's just my reality right now. Okay. Caitlin and Tyler are in Florida. I'm curious about Caitlin's grandparents. I, they're her dad's parents, right? And she lived with them for a little bit. Remember... <laughs> Remember, she lived with them when she went, like, at some point when her and Tyler were young and she cheated on Tyler. She had sex with somebody else in Florida. And then, like, that scene where he, like, throws her phone records into the water to show that he trusts her. Like, I'm pretty sure they're arguing over a guy that she met when she was living with her grandparents. But they live in a nice development. They seem to have some nice cars. Curious about them versus, like the childhood that was Caitlin's but basically Veda is like a big handful her poor grandparents are watching the kids and just exhausted but the main crux of this episode for Caitlin and Tyler is that they go out and have lunch with Mackenzie and Josh who they do not like (laughs) oh god after they meet up they're like basically like Josh sucks (laughs) They're like, they don't even seem to like each other. (laughs) Excuse me. I have COVID. No, I'm just kidding. I have deadly allergies. It's the worst. People always look at me. I'm like coughing or sneezing. It's like, no, I swear I don't have COVID. I'm allergic to everything on the outside. Everything, everything that you like out there and that I like out there, it hurts my body. Um, But Tyler and Caitlin like go and meet up with them they talk about moving when you know like separation having issues in their marriage uh what's her face Mackenzie says something like being high school sweethearts isn't as sweet as people think it is I'm like nobody thinks that honestly like in 2021 like we don't care about high school sweethearts anymore honestly if I meet someone who's like with their high school significant other I'm like really Not in, like, a bad way. I'm just, like, so shocked because I know so few people. Like, my brother and sister-in-law have been together since, like, the first day of college. And I'm just, like, that's wild. Like, I was so different in 18. I actually do know some people, like, have legitimately been together since we were, like, 14 years old. And they're so happy. They're so in love. This is not me shitty on, like, 
high school sweethearts. What I'm saying is like, it's not the norm in a world where we get married at 30. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we cared more about high school sweethearts when people got married between the ages of 18 and 22. So it was like, cute, you're still with your high school beau. And now it's like, you're what? You're with your high school sweetheart? That's wild. I don't know. Uh, Like, Macy, not Macy. I hate Mackenzie. (laughs) I hate her. By the way, she posted some shit on Instagram this week that was like a QA, and someone's like, are you religious? And she's like... Um, no, I'm not religious at all. I just am like, I love Christ and I dedicate a lot of time to spreading his word. That makes me want to throw my computer against the wall when people say shit like that. (laughs) That's what being religious is. I have news for everyone. You cannot be a believer in Christ without being religious. Now, there is a difference between being religious and spiritual. You can be spiritual and not religious. And that means that you like believe in a higher power of some sort, the spirit of the universe, or you're like into crystals or any sort of like higher being, but no specific deity or religion. If you believe in Jesus Christ or you're a follower, uh, you believe in Allah or, um, Hashem, like if you believe in a specific deity in which the deity, you get the information about the deity out of a specific text, you're a religious person. Now, I think, well, I I was reading, some people online were saying that it's like there is a movement within, within evangelicalism in which they like will say they're not religious, even though they are. But like, I think what Mackenzie was actually trying to say is that she doesn't belong to a specific church or like sect, which is fine, right? Like, I think she just doesn't know what she's trying to say. I think what she wants to say is like, you know, I don't I don't currently belong to a church and I'm not sure that I'm interested in belonging to a church, but I believe in Christ. I'm a follower of Christ and I believe it's my duty here on earth to spread his word. Like, if you're spreading word, capital W, like, you're religious. I I don't know what else to tell you, but the word is religious. (laughs) That's just, that is what it is. If you go to a synagogue and you read about Hashem and you believe in that, like, you are religious. Or even if you don't go to a synagogue, but like you are Jewish and you believe in God and you do Jewish rituals, like you are religious. That It's just so weird the way that people like try and separate themselves from certain words. And I guess it like has to do with social connotations of said words, but like there's nothing wrong with being religious. Like being religious doesn't mean that you're like automatically subscribe to a certain type of thing. It's just a word with a definition. Remember, like Mackenzie, we've seen your fam. As I said, Mackenzie's family stands Jesus Christ. Like we know that it's okay. Uh, why somebody would even get on their Instagram and type with their little fingers, "Are you religious?" to Mackenzie McKee is truly beyond me. Oh, but at this lunch, they talk about the fact that you know their kids had problems. Caitlin says, "Like, you know, okay, actually, I wanted to mention this because." Out of all of the mothers on this show that we've seen be total fuck-ups and fuck-up and go to treatment and blah, 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 Kate may be the only one who speaks about this time 
in a way that centers her daughter. It's like, it's so simple. And I would bet most people didn't even catch this, but you guys already talk about this with Leah Messer a lot in which like she talks about her addiction, but never in the context of her children and its effect on her children. Like never, ever. It's always about her. And we'll get to fucking Amber and the way that Amber talks about it later. But Kate just very simply says like, you know, I live with a lot of guilt over the fact that like in my young daughter's life, I went to treatment three times and like I was depressed and I wasn't there for her. And I definitely struggle with that, but I can't change the past. All I can do is like focus on now and like be the best that I can be for her and try and make up for it. Like it's such a simple sentence. Like what she said was so unremarkable to anybody that's like ever made any sort of personal growth, right? Like in anybody that's had to like overcome some adversary, adversary is not how you say it. Is that how you say it? Yeah. No, I don't know. But anybody who's had to overcome anything like and they have grown and they can reflect and see how that impacted others, usually they're able to center the feelings of others while also talking about their own feelings. Amber is unable to do that and Liam Esser is unable to do that. Kate expressed it really well. It wasn't like... um. And she acts this way because of me and she does this because of me and or me, 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 me. It was really just like an acknowledgement of like, yo, it sucks that I was away so much and like all this shit happened. And like, I really deal with that and I feel for her, but I also just like want to do better and be better for her in the moment. I don't know. You just never hear. I just will never be over how little Leah talks about her addiction in regards to her children because she seemingly has it together in a lot of other aspects. I wonder if Leah Messer listened to this podcast and heard me say that she would start including that because I just don't know if she has the intellectual depth. Not that I'm particularly intellectually deep. That's not what I mean there. I just think that Leah hasn't spent any time in recovery spaces and hasn't actually really spent a lot of time in therapy or other therapeutic spaces. She's really only spent time in cult-like MLM life coaching type of spaces, which focus on the me and the entrepreneurial thing, right? So it's me, 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 growth, 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 I, 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 I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, my, blah, blah, blah. It's very me-focused as opposed to like a true therapeutic type of situation in which you are thinking about the others and like your children, for example. And I think that if Leah like really did some tough work in therapy, she would probably have a different perspective. I think she needs somebody to hold her hand through getting her to understand why it's important to center her children in her story of addiction. Does that make sense? I hope it does. But uh, little Bronxy Bronx is having serious trouble in which now Mackenzie has claimed that um, is basically not real. He doesn't have ADD. Medicine is evil. She, Her mom medicated her and it ruined her. So her mom took her off it. Just typical Mackenzie McKee bullshit of like all mental health medicine is evil and only God fixes things. And <laughs> Bronx is hitting his teachers and getting sent home from school every day. And she's like, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Oh, God. Josh and Mackenzie are unbearable. Mackenzie does say straight up to Josh. She goes, Tyler and Caitlin are coming. Maybe Tyler can teach you how to communicate. 
like that's kind of rude to say to your husband. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Imagine. Oh, I also liked. Okay, so Tyler and Caitlin afterwards were talking about you know how much they didn't like Josh McKenzie essentially, and Tyler's like, I just hope Josh is like somebody that he can open up to and like talk to and not worry about hurting Mackenzie's feelings. I'm like one, I don't think Josh really cares about Mackenzie's feelings considering he said, if you're going to kill yourself, uh, make sure you do it when the kids aren't here. I, I don't think that's a concern of Josh McKee's, but what I find interesting or not interesting, uh, sad for Mackenzie's like he did find that, but it was her cousin. (laughs) But remember, we're not supposed to talk about that. We took that out of context. Us. You and I, listeners, we took that out of context. Mackenzie didn't like get online and post about it. No, 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 no. We misunderstood. (laughs) Oh, good golly. She's just like so, she just sucks. I don't know what it is, but she's like absolutely my least favorite. I was going to say housewife, but that's not the show that we're watching. Okay. Is it time to talk about one Amber Portwood? It absolutely is. Oh, God. Okay, so um, Amber has gotten into, I use that term lately, but she has started school at what is called Purdue Global University. Uh, Purdue, which is a pretty well-known school in Indiana, bought out a Kaplan University and started a University of Phoenix type of program. Um, So any suspense of like, will I get in, will I not get in is not real because they have like 100% admissions rate. I saw some people like so mad about this. Like, how dare Amber even be excited that she got into college? Or I go to the real Purdue and Amber could never. And it's like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) Honestly, like this is probably the most positive thing that Amber has ever done in her entire life. Like, I'm not going to shit on her for this. I'm not going to shit on her for being excited for getting in. I'm not going to shit on her for going to like a for-profit school like good for you Amber honestly if she sticks to it apparently she keeps saying she wants a PhD in psychiatry which is not a thing well I mean I don't know (coughs) maybe there is a PhD in like program that you can get into after med school for more training but look is it stupid for Amber to say that she wants that her ultimate goal is to get a PhD probably does it hurt any of us no it doesn't like out of everything I'm about to fucking drag Amber to hell for like going to college and like bragging about it is not anywhere on this list here's what we can drag her for though shall we shall we do a little Amber dragging first of all somebody left a funny comment on my Instagram that was like I think Leah Portwood listens to your podcast because she basically just repeated you word for word which I don't know I when I watched the episode I was like I honestly have no idea what I say in podcasts so I'm not sure which episode scene she was talking about well I guess there's only one Leah scene but while I do not believe that Leah actually listens to this podcast if there was one teen mom cast member that I would be cool with listening to this podcast because famously, you guys know, I don't want any Team Mom cast member to ever hear this podcast. It's why I will never in my entire life try and get them on this podcast or have an episode featuring them. I am uninterested in having them ever hear this. I like to talk shit about them behind their back, as Kathy Griffin used to say. You guys know I believe in the lost... I believe there's a real lost art of talking shit. I just want to be able to talk, talk, talk and have to face no consequences for it. Which is really like 
if I write a memoir, that should be the title of it. I just want to talk and face no consequences for it. Because that really is how I live my life. Um, but if there's one person, I would like that to be Leah Shirley. <laughs> I called her Leah Portwood earlier, didn't I? Her last name is definitely Shirley. But it, Larry, the producer, we haven't seen him in a little bit, comes over and Amber's going on and on about how Leah's her daughter and she doesn't know what happened. And she decides instead of sending Leah a letter, she's going to record a video of her reading a letter that she has, which is truly the most manipulative shit imaginable, right? Like this fucking video she sends, she's sobbing throughout the whole thing. And that is not a way that you approach a person to make amends. As somebody who has made formal amends to quite a few people, if you do not know, the ninth step in Alcoholics Anonymous is to make amends to as many people, make amends to those we had hurt whenever possible, except to do so would injure them or others. Um, so like if I, as far as like injure them or others, so one, like if you're an abuser, like don't go and try and give an amends to your victim if they don't want to hear it. Um, as far as the others, so like if I slept with somebody's boyfriend, which I did, um, it would not be my place to go make amends to that girl and be like, I'm sorry I fucked your boyfriend, <laughs> especially if she's still with her boyfriend, which is definitely the case for at least one of these amends that I theoretically owe but could not make because it would injure other people involved, right? Like, and I've had to, in while making amends, have had to <laughs> not lie, but like cut people out of stories stories not the right word but like when you make a formal amends to a person you I haven't done this in a long time but you basically like there's kind of a little script but it involves you listing out like specifically the things that you've done and then asking um telling them you want to make it right and make it whole and then uh offering to do that so like if you stole money from somebody it's like and I want to pay you back and if you don't necessarily have the money to pay them back at that moment, like you bring $50 to show good faith and be like, and I plan on sending you a check every month for X amount of money. Right. And then it always ends with, and are there any other ways that I've harmed you that I did not mention today? Could you please share them with me so that I could make amends for those as well? So what you don't do when you make an amends is you don't sob through the whole thing because it's incredibly manipulative, right? Like the reason for amends, and I know Amber is not working a 12-step program, but I do think that she could learn a lot from a 12-step program. I really do, especially when it comes to making amends. One, you're not really supposed to say sorry during, if you're making like a 12-step amends, you're not supposed to say sorry because the idea is, is that this person has heard you say sorry a million times, right? Like, if you're in active addiction or you're having any other issue, like usually you're apologizing to people all the time and that apology loses meaning because your actions don't back up your behavior. That's your actions don't back up your word. So like your behavior doesn't match your word. So sorry is a meaningless term. So when you're making amends, you are like, I like for some people you can say sorry it really depends but you really do try and avoid the word sorry and you try and avoid crying through it because it really takes away the attention and the focus from the person that's hurt and then the person that's hurt has to like spend their time that they're supposed to be getting amends made to them 
like caretaking for you. And that's really unfair. And look, realistically, like if you're a person like me that cries a lot, like you will maybe cry during some amends, right? Because like I'm a person that cries, but like if you can't do an amends in person without like hysterically sobbing like that, then I would say you shouldn't do it in person and you should write them a letter or like a modern day letter, which could be a text or a message or whatever. I have some people that have said like, you never send it as a text, you never send it as a Facebook message, but like who send a letter to whose address? Like I don't have anybody's address. Like sometimes it is the best way to do it. Email works. It it really obviously depends on the person. Um, But if you can't like if you can't give the person you're making amends to the floor to get to be the one to be the center of attention, then you shouldn't be doing it. It's so fucking unfair, especially when you're a drug addict who has caused real serious harm to people in your life. And like you, when usually drug addicts are like really the center of the universe, right? It's, It's more that they are, like, I describe it as being a hurricane or tornado, I guess is a better way to describe it. Like, you're a tornado in which, like, everything around you just, like, gets sucked up into your disaster. And you're, like, an attention, uh, like, vampire. Like, you suck all of the attention out of every situation you're in, which is why I think especially for siblings of addicts, it can be a really fucking hard dynamic and why I think in a lot of ways siblings of addicts have it the hardest in some cases. (sighs) That's a real big generalization, but I think it can be extremely difficult for siblings of addicts because their sibling takes up all of the attention in the family. And they also don't have like the love for their sibling, the way that their parents have for their child that allows them to forgive a lot. It's really fucking hard to be the sibling of a person with substance use disorder. We don't talk about that nearly enough, you know, and unfortunately, because we don't have a lot of support for that and because we don't have a lot of like systems in place to support that and we don't acknowledge it, I think that some of the harshest judgment of addicts can come from siblings like and they can get really distorted views on addicts because of that. It sucks. It's a vicious cycle, I think, but Like when someone is taking up all of the attention and all of the situations you're in with all of their issues and then they come to make amends and they're still doing it, it's like, get the fuck out of here. And if I think if Amber had been able to sit down and like calmly explain to Leah like what she was feeling, I think Leah would have been a lot more receptive to it. But all she sees is this person making themselves a victim. And that's always what Amber does, right? Like Amber is the victim. Nobody else is allowed to be the victim but Amber. So let's read exactly what Amber said. I wrote it down word for word because I am what they call an investigative journalist. And I care about accuracy. <laughs> um, they She sends this to Gary, but Gary, Leah says that she just wants to watch it with Gary. I think watching this on camera was inappropriate to say the least but here we are right like what are we can't get into the ethics of that nothing in Leah's life should be on camera okay so um Christi- Christina asked well first Christina asked Gary if she's nervous that there's something negative in it and Gary goes if it was negative she'd post it online <laughs> God. and that's the problem right okay so this is what Amber says as she is I cannot like emphasizes enough she is sobbing to my beautiful daughter 
I am so proud of the young lady you have become. I know I missed some very important times in your life that a mother should not miss. I'm still trying to understand my own life. I'm so sorry for the things I did that kept us apart. I never, ever wanted to hurt you. I think about you every day, and I will never stop trying to mend our relationship no matter what it takes. I will always love you. You're my heart no matter what. Okay, how many times did she say I here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a lot of times to say I in about two sentences. Also, that's some fucking short ass shit. And you notice how there's literally nothing specific. All Leah wants to hear is like, yo, I'm sorry for getting on Instagram live and creating drama like that. And I'm sorry for ditching you for my boyfriends. But Amber, as we all know, the only thing Amber's ever done wrong is go to prison. (laughs) Leah's like, okay. She's like, I don't really know what to say right now. And Gary's like, well, she's trying to apologize. And then Leah says something really interesting. Did everybody else catch this? She says, you know, I'm sure we have some good memories, but I couldn't tell from the crying, you know, with the crying. I couldn't tell if it was false. So I don't know what to think about it. Um. Oh, wait, did I not? I wrote down this wrong. But basically, she says, like, I couldn't tell if she was high. I, th- I think what she was saying is, like, I don't know if she was high, like, when she made this video or if she was high back when we made those good memories together. But I found it very interesting that she mentioned Amber being high And that really made me curious as to what Gary and Leah talk about when cameras are not there. You know, like on camera, Gary's like, we just have to love your mommy. Your mommy is amazing. We love mommy. It's okay. She's so good. Let's forgive her. But I wonder if off camera, he's like, Amber's a fucking piece of shit and she's high all the time. (laughs) I, I just have to wonder. I'm sorry. So Leah basically is just like, I just, I don't want to forgive her I don't think I can and Gary asks her for what and she says for making videos and stuff she said I didn't like it because Amber did stuff and said bad stuff about Christina she calls her Amber specifically um I saw a lot of people like hone in on that and the fact that that means that she doesn't consider Amber to be her mom I'm not so sure I think it probably has something to do with it but I also think like she lives with Christina every day there are two other girls there that call Christina mom. I think that calling Christina mom and speaking about Amber as Amber is probably just less confusing. Gary, you know, going into his fool thing. I don't know how I feel about Gary here. I think on one hand, he has a really fine line to walk. I don't know how I would handle this, but I wish it's like he's always trying to not validate her feelings he's always arguing back like actually it's okay what Amber did actually you should forgive her I get he's in a weird position but this is why I think Leah should go to therapy because I think it would really fucking help to have a therapist validate her feelings here in a way that I don't think Gary can do like that in a way that Gary can navigate so Gary's like you know you can make bad decisions and still care about someone which I think is really true He's like, we've all made bad decisions. Your mom and I have both made bad decisions, but that doesn't mean we don't love you. I, I do think that's true and fair. And then Leah says, but I love Christina. <laughs> Ooh, Christina's also the table. And 
you know, Gary's like, that has nothing to do with you loving your mom, though. Like, you can love Christina and your mom. And Christina's like, there's room for all of us. And guys, this next part, gosh, it made my heart melt. Leah said, but I love Christina and she tried to hurt somebody I love. And I can't love somebody who tries to hurt other people. Yo. When they, when she said that, I was like, first of all, good for fucking you. Good for you. She said exactly what the issue is. We all know what the issue is. We all see it. And she's right. She's exactly right. Amber got on Instagram live and talked shit about somebody that Leah loves very much. It's why as a child, I didn't really like my dad because he was such an asshole to my mom. And I was like, no, but I love her and your dick. Like you, it's hard to care for somebody who treats people that you love badly. And if Amber wasn't so alone on planet Mars, like she would maybe be able to understand that. At this moment, they flash to Christina and like she has a neutral face on, but you can see she's trying so hard not to cry. I actually cried when Leah said this and then they showed Christina. I just like, I can imagine Christina went into her room after this and just sobbed. Like what a rewarding moment that must be. I mean, Christina's been raising Leah day in and day out since she was five years old. She's 12 now. Like, I can't. She doesn't do it for that. Obviously, she does it because she loves Leah. But, like, to hear the kid that you've dedicated so much of your life to raising fully draw a line in the sand and be like, yo, fuck anyone who's mean to you because I love you. Like, on one hand, obviously, like, I know Christina does want Leah to be close to Amber, right? Like, I know that Christina wants that. I do genuinely believe that to be true. But I can't imagine how validating that was to Christina as a parent. Like, I, it feels good when people stick up for you, right? And so to hear a child that you love so much and that you have dedicated your life to raising, to hear her be like, yo, fuck anybody that's mean to you, that must have just felt so good. I was like, I would have really liked to see Christina honestly speak about that after the fact, but I'm not sure Christina would ever do that on camera. I would guess probably not. Gary says, you know, he's like, well, how about like if your mom stops that kind of thing and like maybe we could talk to your mom about it and tell her that that's what's upsetting you. And Leah goes, no one tells her anything. (laughs) Woo boy. Woo, woo, woo boy. And... Gary's like, look, like she can't fix it if she doesn't know the problem. And Leah goes, I don't want it fixed. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Gary basically is just like, look, we agree. She shouldn't be doing the videos. I just don't want that to ruin your relationship. And Leah straight up is just like, well, I don't need that relationship. I thought that this was so mature. It was so appropriate. Everything Leah said made total fucking sense. Total sense. It was so reasonable. I just, I loved it. Leah, Leah Shirley, if you're listening, which I hope you're not, but if you are, I'm so glad that you have such a realistic and good view on reality. Like something about this, I was just like, you know, watching these shows, sometimes it feels like I live on a different planet than everybody else on these shows, right? I'm like, why is nobody saying the logical thing that needs to be said? That, on one hand, is me being a know-it-all. And on the other hand, like, that's why I made Teen Mom, right? Because, like, to discuss the absurdity, and especially why I do Liz Explains It All, just to discuss the total absurdity 
of these uh, like of these reality TV characters doing things where I'm like, does everybody else see what I'm seeing? And so for Leah, a 12 year old to clearly say what I'm saying and seeing is just it's a great feeling as an audience member. I just it was so simple. It was so true. There was really there's nothing you can argue with it. Like Amber is a bitch and she was a bitch to the person that Leah loves most and fuck Amber for that. Um, I do notice Amber hasn't responded to this episode seemingly, so hopefully that's good. Hopefully it means that she's in a place where she's not doing that because that is only good for Leah. Oh, gosh, Leah. And Leah we trust, you know? And Leah we trust. Uh, let me remember to make that the name of the episode. All right, guys, that's it for this week. If you want to hear more of me, go to Patreon. Listen to me talk about Plathville this week. Let's talk about Plath, baby. Let's talk about Olivia just needing to get some good dick. (laughs) Imagine having sex with Ethan Plath. That's tough. That's a tough place to be. And on that note, I'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.